Welcome to NucleCast, the official podcast of the Anwa Deterrence Center. Each week, we bring you leading experts for a lively discussion on topics related to strategic nuclear deterrence. Our host is Dr. Adam Lowther, Director of Strategic Programs at the National Strategic Research Institute. The views of the hosts and the guests are their own. Welcome back to another exciting episode of NucleCast. Of course, I am your host, Adam Lowther, and today we are joined by three fellows at NNSA, Omar Castillo, Jade Fortner, and Major Bryce Akers, and we, we've asked them to join us today because we've had some discussions on past episodes of NucleCast where we've talked about workforce development workforce retention, how do we get young people to come into the DOD and to the DOE, and how do we get them interested in weapons design or working the programs for modernization, or even Major Bryce Young, one of our, our guests today, he's a 13 November, he's a missileer, and so how do we get folks interested in wanting to do this? And so with that, I want to welcome y'all into the show. Thanks for being here. Hey, Adam. Thanks for having us. So we've got sort of two groups, Omar and Jade. You're part of a fellowship with NNSA that's administered by Pacific Northwest National Labs, one of the, one of the national labs. And then, Bryce, you're a major in the U.S. Air Force, and you're at NNSA as an Air Force fellow. So we, we've got two groups. Let let me offer to you, Omar and Jade, first. Uh, so you've, your recent college, you've gone through graduate school, and your recent graduates, and this is sort of your introduction into the nuclear enterprise. What interested y'all in coming into the nuclear enterprise? And uh, Omar, you you're the first face I see, so why don't you go ahead and go first? Okay, so um, I'll talk about my unique experience. So my experience is rather unique, just like everyone else is here today, right? Uh, so for me, I was finishing up my last uh, year of uh, my graduate program in software engineering, and an email came abroad. And of course, I opened it and it said there was an opportunity for an internship at the NNSA as a MISIP intern. So of course, um, I think I was just working on a recent... Uh, I was doing uh, software uh, structural design for radar systems. So I thought, you know what, this sounds rather interesting because it's defense programs. So of course I reached out to one of my advisors, uh, Professor Dr. Uh, Ning Chen, and he definitely recommended me to, uh, he thought I'd be a great fit. And of course, with all the exciting things that is going on in nuclear, he thought, you know, it'd be a great benefit to me. So uh, of course I applied and then here we are. So of course I was an intern uh, last year uh, for the Office of Management and Budget here at the NSA. And then that step led to this step. Uh, so I applied for the NGFP program. And of course, now I'm on NA-122, which is the stockpile services. And in this division, I help uh, kind of um, the efforts of, 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 of maintenance of the stockpile, more particular surveillance and maintenance as well. So that's kind of just my little journey of how I got here. All right. Thanks, Omar. Jade? 
Yeah. Um, so I was finishing up, I guess, my fall semester and my final year of my master's in public administration at the University of Georgia. Um, and during my lunch break one day, there just happened to be an info session. I just kind of went for fun. Um, I had my eyes pretty set on another job across the country, um, showed up and I didn't even know the NNSA existed prior, which I guess is part <laughs> of the problem. <laughs> um, but my dad was actually a nuclear engineer in the Navy my entire life. So uh, he was like, well, that sounds cool. Why not? And I was like, sure, why not? I had no government experience um, aside from working for the University of Georgia, which I guess technically is a state entity. Um, and then it kind of was like, a, oh, everyone gets an interview. Oh, we're all fellows. And then uh, I actually learned what a cool program this is. So um, I currently work in the Office of Defense Programs front office on some executive correspondence, congressional reports, and serve as the primary point of contact between our production modernization office and our defense programs leadership. Awesome. Thanks. Now, Bryce, of course, I'm familiar with your program, but could you tell the audience what it is that brings you to NNSA? Yeah, thanks, Adam. Um, so for for us, like you mentioned, in the Air Force, a little bit different um, kind of same application process um, in the intermediate development time frame. Uh, so as a major, you get your chance at going to another school, a couple different ones. Uh, but applied to the Air Force Fellowship Program, um, which is a very large program. There's fellows all over at, you know, uh, educational institutions, at think tanks, at the national labs, uh, working with State Department. Um, so I got lucky and got picked up to be at NSA headquarters. Um, and our and our role there is kind of we get the overview of the whole the whole gamut of what NSA does. Uh, we, we focus in with defense programs. Uh, but it really helps us see how the DOD coordinates with the Department of Energy and then the other way around, how the DOE supports and how that that um, they work together to, to get them the mission accomplished. So it's a it's a great opportunity and I really enjoying the six months I've been in it so far. Yeah, and you're uh, lucky to have Stacy Joe. Uh, there what, during your time there. So she's, uh, she's been on the show obviously, and she's, you know, she's a, she's a great, uh, a great leader. Uh, yes, now let, let, let me ask ask y'all as a, as a whole. So one of the big challenges that we're having now is it's both for DOD, you know, whether it's, uh, for DOD, whether it's bringing in, you know, our recruitment numbers are down, and so the military's, you know, we're undermanned right now, uh, whether it's looking at, say, the labs are always working, particularly given the modernization programs. So bringing in and growing the labs, growing the number, the engineers and scientists that we have in an essay has a huge management responsibility, the uh, technical management over all of these programs. And so national security science and national security writ large, even even the the defense contractors who support all these programs by developing systems are always trying to bring in and retain talent. Do you have any advice? Because many of our listeners are pretty senior folks in and across these 
companies, agencies, uh, departments, how would you tell them to, you know, attract and retain young talent? Omar, you want to kick us off again? You know, I'd love to kick you off, but I think uh, maybe Major Bryce has probably maybe a better uh, and <laughs> off of his. And the only reason is because I don't want to steal his thunder. I think he has a great perspective on this question. All right, Bryce, we'll go to you first then. Yeah, so we had, we had talked, you know, last week, and I think that's what uh, Omar's leading to. But I, I think a big one, um, it, it's awareness, kind of like how Jade mentioned, you know, hadn't really heard of it before, got the opportunity. I think it's awareness of it's the enterprise total, but it's also all the different locations where you can work and in different kinds of work. Um I think that's the big one is, you know, from what I've seen so far, it's if you want to work with your hands, um, you go to Pantex and, and you go to Pantex and you can work with your hands assembling and disassembling weapon systems. Or you go to Kansas City and you work in their plants there putting things together. Um, or if you're graced with a big brain and, and you can do that, those big thinkings and work on those problems, you go to one of the labs um, and, and you can work on the problems from design and from physics. but those labs aren't just nuclear. They're doing amazing things elsewhere. You know, you saw the recent um, announcement about the, the fusion reaction or they're working with NASA on, on other things like that. It's I think the big part is awareness of the industry is here. And here's all the different things that you can do inside of it. You know, I was thinking about this this today is we're also in a time frame where as growing up, we haven't had to think about great power competition for the last 30 years um, and how the nuclear deterrence environment kind of underpins national security and the national defense strategy and, and reintroducing that concept of how it plays in into this new realm that we're finding ourselves in, I think will really raise that awareness of the importance of getting into this and the opportunities in the environment. Yeah, thanks for that. That's a good point. Omar? Yeah, and if, if I can now piggyback off of what he just said, um, and we were having this discussion, and yeah, of course, I would have to agree that it's awareness. Like uh, Jade and I mentioned in our intro, I mean, we didn't know too much about the NNSA or what they even did. Of course, when we think of, uh, you know, the big scientific uh, powerhouse, we were always thinking of NASA, right? But the NNSA is right up there with NASA. I mean, the things that we do are extremely important to uh, national defense and, of course, to deterrence. And so one thing I'd like to um, bring to the spotlight is the NSA and NASA actually work together. They actually uh, are involved in uh, the NSA and NASA planetary defense system. So this defense system is actually in place uh, for national security and I think maybe overall for perhaps the world. But they're in charge for detecting asteroids. And so people maybe not understand, but if you're interested, you can go to you can be a part of this effort. And it deals with either if you're a nuclear explosive expert or perhaps high computing, that's a field too. So I think a lot of it is definitely we need to uh, introduce and reinvigorate our organization and bring in more fresh ideas and maybe get a marketing out, uh, effort out there, right? Maybe a campaign <laughs> effort too as well. So I think uh, all ideas I think are strongly welcomed, right? And I, I look forward to hear what Jade maybe has to say about this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that another component that kind of should be focused more on in general in all workspaces is it's not just about getting people to the place. You have to make them want to stay there and you have to get people invested, especially in national security. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into this and 
there's a lot of moving parts. I mean, I've been in this job for six months and I still feel like every day there's something new that I didn't know yesterday. So having people come in and out isn't really going to be super beneficial. So I think one of the coolest things that I've realized, at least in DP specifically, is um, the focus on diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility initiatives. Uh, we have monthly programming for that. Um, but there's also just like cool events that you can go to to meet your coworkers now that we kind of have like an integrated teleworking versus in-person workspace so that you can still meet those colleagues that maybe you don't have the opportunity to work in person with all the time. Um, and I mean, it's, it's definitely been enough to convince me that <laughs> this is somewhere that I'm invested in and I want to stick around. So um, I think Bryce really got the getting you there and Omar with a couple other ideas on that. But I think it's important to think about how to keep people there, too. Now, if if y'all were to sit down, if you can imagine that we're sitting at a round table with the administrator and you're asking your she's asked you to figure out how she solves her her manpower challenge. And, and she gets all these, you know, young chipper folks because, you know, the labs in NSA, they're they're, you know, I think the, the number is something like half or three quarters of, of the workforce can retire within the next five years. So she's going to need a lot of young, a lot of young folks. What would you, if you were going to give her three big ideas uh, in terms of do these three specific, specific actionable things, what kind of actionable things would you say uh, would be, would be useful? To, to bring in the kind of workforce that she needs. You want to kick us off, Jade? Yeah. Um, I can't speak from a science STEM perspective because you guys are very impressive, but I could never do what they <laughs> do. Um, but I, I think embracing social media is really something that needs to come to the forefront for a lot more federal and even state government jobs. Um, I think the private sector does a really good job at embracing the fact that social media is a huge part of the day-to-day -day life of people. Um, I mean, companies that I talk about all the time are companies that have like funny marketing or um, funny Twitter accounts or, you know, things like that, that keep people involved and engaged and also, you know, letting people know. Like I know Dr. Adams' um, press conference was a huge deal for the Ignition because he took a super complex idea that most of us probably don't understand and was able to explain it, which probably helps. He was a professor for so long. Um, but, you know, taking it and taking the big ideas of the National Nuclear Security Administration's big ideas and then turning them into something that gets people excited and gets people invested. <laughs> yeah. OK, great. Thanks, Omar. I think uh, Jade is being very humble in her, uh, you know, assessment of herself. Of course, Jade has a lot of accomplishments on herself. But I think one of the things that I can definitely say is uh, kind of as a student of, of culture is I think, one, we really have to take a look at our culture and decide what is it that we want to be, right? What do we want to strive for? And, of course, we also just have the, the NASA's just kind of, you know, as a, as a design pattern that we can use. You know, let's borrow some of their elements and see what's working for them and try to maybe mimic them. Of course, uh, uh, what do they say? Um, 
copying or whatever is it's 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 a flattery or it's it's flattering right so i think that's one we can do is change our culture and i think broadening our efforts in hiring right so maybe um you see a lot of, of people that maybe have gone to stanford or those big ivy league schools and perhaps maybe we're going to find great talents at even state schools perhaps right so i was fortunate enough to go to a uc, a UC system school i went to uc santa barbara but i also went to a cal state school right so um, we can go to maybe the smaller schools that maybe aren't uh, highly publicized or, or uh, referred to as big, you know, scientific or even uh, uh, social powerhouses, right? So that's one thing. And I think once we broaden that, then we can also look into being more uh, diverse and more inclusive, right? So again, broadening those efforts, we're able to find talent where maybe we're just not looking. Maybe there is talent, um, perhaps somewhere in, in a small town in Iowa, or maybe somewhere in Rhode Island that we're just not looking, right? So really broadening those. And I think it also takes a collective effort, right? So uh, HR or even public affairs or, or, or the recruiting department can't be responsible for all of it, right? It takes really truly all of us uh, for this effort. And, you know, tell the, co tell the people that you're around, like, hey, I work at the NSA and it's a great place to work. And if you know anybody, we're hiring, right? But of course, you know, we, we have to just start opening it up to people. So I think those are probably the top three that I would say. Sure. Thanks. Bryce? Uh, I think I piggyback on Omar in, in the recruiting. Um, and I think there's two places to look, kind of as, as both mentioned, you know, the final semester of college, what do I do with the rest of my life? You hit them there. But I think we also got to look, you got to look younger, right? You need to look in, in the high school realms to get them interested so they're going into college looking for that degree because hitting them that last semester of college, you know, that's that pool is what you got. I don't think many people want to change their degree at that point And it's been a couple more years. Maybe some do. Um, but in the high school time period, show them what it what it is, you know, what the environment is. And hey, if you want to do this, this is the degrees, the, the path that could take you there. Or if you're interested in this, this is the path you could take. Um I think that's one. I think the other one is is kind of like what Omar said is is having not only NNSA but the labs partner with universities and and establish that constant relationship where they're working with each other. They're they're passing off science projects and different things back and forth to almost be in essence a feeder into those those uh, career fields. Yeah, you know it's funny. I've got a uh, I've got a twelve year old son. And, you know, he's, he, you know, I was in, in the Navy, you know, well before he came along. And so he's decided he wants to be in the Navy. And then he says, you know, dad, but I, I want to, I want a job that whenever I get out of the Navy, it pays at least $150,000 a year. That's what he said. <laughs> so I said, well, bud, uh, there's, there's really probably only, you know, two jobs in the Navy that, that will do that. And you, you, you know, you can do some pretty, you know, high flying cyber work or you, you can be a, you know, a, a reactor operator. You can work on nuclear reactors. He's like, yeah, that's what I want to do. And I said, okay, bud, well, if you want to be a reactor operator, then you need to, to be really good at math. And he's like, ah, oh, man, I don't, I don't know. I don't like math that much. He's good at it, but I'm like, that's, it'll all make sense why it, You'll understand how to run nuclear reactors if you just get through this initial stuff and then 
then it all makes sense later on. So he's like, okay, I can do this. And so my 12 year old son is settled on being a, uh, you know, running reactors on submarines. And, and he's, and what I see though out of this, and this goes to your point, Bryce, uh, is that a kid that young is now more committed to learning and understanding the math required because at 12, he sees a purpose to it, you know, seven, eight years in the future. And right. so, you know, it goes to that point of getting in the high schools, getting in these schools, going, if you look at some of the, the, the folks who have turned out to be some of the, you know, the great leaders in the nuclear world, uh, they came from, you know, South Dakota farms and they, you know, they came from all sorts of places that were not sort of that blue blood, you know, this is what's expected of you. They've come from places you never thought of. And and it gets back to some of the point Omar and Jade, you guys made. And so uh, I, you know, totally agree. We're now at the 20 minute mark. So I've got to take a quick break. You're listening to Nuclecast and we're talking about recruiting and retaining talent. And we'll be right back. This episode of Nuclecast is brought to you by the 15th Annual Nuclear Deterrent Summit. Come join Nuclecast at the summit on February 13th through 15th, 2023 at the Hyatt Regency Crystal City, Arlington, Virginia. Industry and government experts will be discussing management of the nuclear security complex, stewardship of the nuclear stockpile, arms control negotiations, and strategic policy. Stop by the Nuclecast booth to say hello. Executive producer Kimberly Charrington and I will be there interviewing guests for upcoming episodes. You can find a registration link to the Nuclear Deterrent Summit with a 15% discount on the Nuclecast website at anwadeterred.org slash Nuclecast. All right, so we are back, and we're with Omar Castillo, Jade Fortner, and Major Bryce Akers, and they're fellows at NNSA. They're in, in the programs, two different programs there. We're talking about how do you retain or how do you attract and then retain talent because we're trying to build a National Nuclear Security Administration, a DOE, a DOD workforce that is full of lots of young, vigorous folks, because as the listeners from Nuclecast know, uh, those of us who have been in this business a while, we're all getting older. Fortunately for me, I've got great hair, and I'm pretty confident that as I even get older, uh, that's not going to go away. I uh, can't say the same for some of you out there listening. You're not blessed with the great hair I am. Now, Omar, Jade, Bryce, I didn't tell you this, but I am uh, aspiring to be the Kansas City Northland's top middle-aged hair model. And so my, my aspiration is to be in one of those books that uh, when you get into like uh, great clips and, yeah. you, you know, you go through it. I want you to see my face in one of those books at some point. That's that's where I'm hoping to go. So, uh, you know, maybe one day you'll see me there. But until oh then, 
uh, we're talking about, you know, science and, and recruiting talent. So what drew you guys? So when we talked earlier, Jade, you kind of gave a, it, it was a happenstance. Omar, you knew about it because you had, you had a previous internship and then Bryce, you, you, you had a, you had a lucky, uh, IDE. This was a, an Air Force fellowship is a great one and coming to DC is, it's a great opportunity. So if you want to sit back and think about advice for, per, think back to, you know, being in school, uh, what would you advise, you know, young folks who are perhaps, you know, undecided, they're a first year, second year student in college. Um, you know, maybe Bryce, you've got a young Air Force officer who hasn't really decided, are they going to stay? Are they going to go? You know, what, what are they going to do? What kind of advice would you give young college students, young Air Force officers? Why don't we start with you first, Bryce, and then we'll go to you, Omar. Yeah, Adam. So I think, uh, for young Air Force officers, especially in, in the nuclear career field, it's, it's very small. Um, especially as for ICBM operators like myself, you've got three bases, three bases to do the actual mis mission. Um, and that was a, a concern for a while as people didn't know where, where do I go next? Um, so I think a big part of it is, is like we talked about earlier, it's, it's the awareness and, and our, our functional team right now is doing a great job of raising awareness of all the different places where a 13N can go. Um, the, the skills that you get as a, a missile operator work in many different areas. Um, the attention to detail that you get, that, that focus. Um, so I would, I would recommend to them is, is, is not only look around both on, on the websites, on my vector and the things they have, but, but talk. Um, so many different places where you can go to, to just jump out a little bit and, and see a different aspect and see how other career fields, even other services, see the nuclear environment. Um, I think that can, you know, give you that opportunity to see what you do, how important it is, how others rely on that nuclear environment, um, that nuclear operations that you bring in. Um, and it, it can do wonders to, to convince you to, hey, you know, let me, let me do one more, you know, let me go one more assignment. Oh, that was great. Let me get another one. And you just get that first step in. I think it just kind of snowballs after that. Yeah. Thanks, Omar. Well, Adam, I definitely want to say when it comes to your modeling career, you got my vote. And once you <laughs> let me know, because I know a couple of people, too. my supervisor, Brian, would definitely uh, be interested. In. Uh, so uh, in regards to, to the question, I think um, I would say embrace change. You know, be flexible. I remember when I was younger, you know, I aspired to be, you know, working as the big four in, in the accounting, right, in, in, in accounting consulting. Uh, and, you know, for one reason or another, it didn't happen, you know, and I tried really, really hard to do this. But sometimes there are forces outside of us or even above us that for some reason it just doesn't happen, right? Maybe it's just not meant to be. And so instead of beating yourself up that why didn't you do that, what, you know, what what happened, right? It's better to maybe pivot and go into other things. And also, I would say, embrace your strengths, right? We're, all, we're oftentimes always looking at our weaknesses and trying to kind of work on those and make those better. That's important. I think it's definitely a great thing to do. But at the same time, look at what your, your strengths are and polish those and really make those be the things that distinguish you from, from everyone else, right? Uh, but most importantly, I would say be yourself 
And again, just embrace change because you if you do embrace change, you don't know when where you'll end up at. And sometimes it'll take you to some really great places. So that's that'd be my advice. All right, Jade. Um, so I guess like a little short anecdote, a uh, seven-year-old Jade was going to be a dentist. There was never any <laughs> other plan. I was going to be the best dentist the world has ever seen, the next tooth fairy, if you will. Um, <laughs> my junior year of college, I took organic chemistry and suddenly Jade was not going to be a dentist ever. And I kind of thought the world was over. Right. And I think every day that that is probably one of the best things ever. Um, I had never really been rejected from anything or had to really redirect any sort of plan like that. Um, I was always great at school, so it wasn't really an issue. And so that forced me to kind of be like, okay, so what are my options? Um, and what am I good at? And I think similar to Omar, you know, like sometimes you just need to step it up and embrace that you have strengths and those are what you should really work on. Um, of course, I do think you should look at your weaknesses. You will be hard pressed to find anyone at headquarters with a bigger heart for the national labs than me. I want to meet everyone that works there and personally thank them for all their smart science work. Um, but I realized I can talk to anyone. I love reading. I love writing. Um, I love working on big teams and also having small projects and I think that there's a lot of jobs that allow you to do that, especially in the nuclear space, because it is such a small community. Um, I have the opportunity to work with some of the smartest people I've ever met, um, which every day is a treat with them by my side. <laughs> Even if they don't know my name, I know all <laughs> of them. <laughs> um, so I think it's just kind of embrace the no. You know, no's are just redirections. They're not hard stops. They're not doors. They're just windows. So as, as we run out of time, I, let, let me ask each of you, and we'll start with you, Jade, as you're, you know, this fellowship comes to an end and as you're looking to the future, what are you looking to do? Yeah. Um, so I am sticking around next year. So that's really nifty. I will be staying at NNSA. All right. Um, Eventually, I'd really like to be a program manager of some sort. I really want to be a part of those big decisions. And um, I do think a change in management culture is one of the most exciting things coming on. I think people are getting happier and more joyous about sharing how impressive everyone is. And that's what I want to do. All right. Awesome. Omar? Well, like Jade, I, I will also be staying at the NSA for next year. and really grateful for the opportunity uh, to serve my country and uh, I too as well long term would like to uh, first learn more about what we have to you know our, our we have such a rich history of nuclear uh, anything nuclear right and then leading up to the Manhattan Project and the 80s 90s the Cold War what we're dealing with even today so I definitely still want to learn more about that uh, I definitely want to travel more of the sites there's still a couple of sites that I haven't visited so that's a great opportunity to do uh, but then long term of course um, like Jade I would definitely like to be a part of uh, or be a program manager and really make those decisions that are needed, right? Um, but more importantly, kind of fill in or backfill those roles that some of the the people that are in our organizations have been here for a really long time and they have this knowledge and I want to be, you know, for them to trust me to pass on that knowledge. So I, I think that's a big, a big deal, very important to me and, and continuing 
this trade that is what we do in nuclear, right? So uh, hopefully, and, and making more memories, um, sticking around to meet more great, talented people, like Jade was mentioning, and just making some more memories. So that's really what I look forward to in the next years. All right. Thanks, Bryce. You have you have your orders yet? It's probably too early, I think. Uh, so I, I actually do know where I'm going. Um, the, the plan was to stay in, in D.C., you know, kind of like Jade Nomar wouldn't be at the NNSA, but probably go to the Pentagon. Um, but we found out actually before Christmas uh, we'll actually be moving, which was not the plan. Uh, but we'll be going down to Maxwell, um, going to the School of Advanced Air and Space Studies. All right. So going, going down there. Going, All right. Yeah. So going down there for a year and then moving again. So doing the, the three moves in three years. Um, most likely either back here or, you know, we'll see uh, what other options are out there. You know, of course, there's Stratcom or others like that. So that's that's what's uh, next in the uh, the move. All right. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time. So I want to thank Omar Castillo, Jade Fortner, and Major Bryce Akers for being on Nuclecast today. And, of course, I want to thank you, the listeners, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next show. Well, just had a great show. Hope you enjoyed it. And for those of you, because I know how many of our listeners are pretty senior folks in the nuclear enterprise, maybe our our young folks that were on this show uh, inspired you to think differently about attracting and retaining talent. I know there was a, f- a few points that were made that I hadn't thought about and so I'm sure the same would, is true for you. So I hope you enjoyed it. This has been a production of the Anwa Deterrence Center. Our executive producer is Kimberly Charrington, and this episode has been engineered and mixed by David Brunthal. Follow the show on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter at Nuclecast. Listen, follow, and review the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. 